drive really wasn't that bad. Really? Yeah. Autopiloted the entire way. Yeah, four and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. It ain't shit. Because when you texted me, you're like, uh, I'll be there at 2.30. And then yeah. you're like, two and a half hours. Well, it's because we stopped. And <laughs> we stopped for an hour to charge. Oh, and okay. And then uh, also stopped to eat some food. Gotcha. Some Sonic. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, uh, I was expecting you to get here at like noon, I think, right? Yeah. That was uh, the original plan? Well, I was going to leave earlier, but we left around like 10 o'clock. Gotcha. Yeah. Three... Wait, so total trip I time. Total trip was like five hours. Five hours for the podcast, and you're going back right after this, right? Yeah. You got to do it. You made it happen. I, it's not that bad. Honestly, I was getting so bored sitting at home, too. Like, that was yeah. one thing. And then, like, all this shit happening with my mom and, like, various other things. Right. Like, it just, it was it was time to get out. How is it being back? It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit boring. Because you moved back right before me, right? Yeah, I moved back before you, but I was supposed to come back. Yeah. Um, in like, I can't remember, like February 21st or maybe March 21st. I can't remember. But I flew from Chicago to, I mean, from LA to Chicago, then Chicago to Toronto. And in Toronto, I was there for Splashman's birthday. And shout out to Splashman. Shout out to Splashman. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, I mean, yeah, I was gonna. I came back to Chicago. I had my flight booked for LA that weekend. Whenever I came back, so it was like it was February, and then flights get canceled. Yeah, like they're all canceled, and I'm like, fuck. Like I really wanted to go back, but and then all this stuff on the news about like uh, I think I saw. I don't, I don't know who it was posting on their story. Hustler. It was hustler. We all, yeah, he freaked <laughs> me out too. That was the yeah, reason he, I, I packed up so quick. He posted all these army trucks and everything. How they're gonna shut the borders, and I'm just like, shit. Yeah, I, I can't I can't go back can't and go then, back and then I decided to just stay and um, I, I kind of like the vibe at home anyways no expenses just chilling waking up just feeling very comfortable right which is good and bad and we'll, we'll get into that but yeah well it looks like you've definitely been super productive oh yeah since very being pretty, home very LA has so many distractions too many distractions earth and earth every meal yeah, too many ways to spend hours. money that's crazy. Endless <laughs> amounts. Endless amounts, man. I want. I really want to talk about our LA experience too. Just like reminisce on it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I picked Fez up today, I go, I gotta make sure to pick you up because here's the situation that's going down okay. at the apartment. Let's so hear it. let's hear it. I'm sure you you tuned in my lives with the neighbor, right? The crazy neighbor yes. at my old apartment. Yes. And now the maintenance guy was trying to get dropshipping advice and all this. Yeah. When I came here, I'm like, I, oh, I, I won't have to deal with that anymore, dude. This front desk lady, every time I've picked up a package the past four times, oh, no. she's asked me to buy her things. She tells oh. me specifically what she wants. She tells me her shoe size. She tells me when her wedding is. She says that when she, her wedding is. Yeah, she so said, she's getting married. Like, OK, this is the last interaction I had with her. And I was done after this. Right. Um, she knows about the aura ring. Okay. You know, it's a $300 ring. It tracks everything. Tracks your sleep, too. Tracks your sleep, <laughs> your activity, your mental readiness. And I go to pick up a package. I go, I believe I have a package. And she goes, I want you to buy me that. And I go, oh, what, this? I had something, like, it was like a shaker bottle. Uh-huh. Shaker bottle in my left hand. <laughs> and she, I'm like, she's like, no, I want you to buy that me that ring. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, just trying to make a joke. And she goes, entertain it. <laughs> you know, I'm getting married September 12th, right? And I'm like, oh, really? And then she's like, yeah. And then so, like, dude weird so just, I'm, just out of out of nowhere she starts to ask you for things so did th- she did she know you from before no no th- so this is completely it's a completely new person we, we just started chatting because this is when i lived here before she didn't live here it all started with that keyboard that rainbow keyboard yeah she goes you know i, I thought this was you when i saw this so when are you buying me one and i'm oh. like 
I thought she was joking. And then the next time I came, she she made a reference to buying me something because she's like, you're in a lot of packages. You should buy me something. And she, by the way, this lady's like 56. This okay. is no like young girl. Okay. And um, I'm like, oh, that would be funny, you know, if I put a package, if I make a package, say like four concierge as the name. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. and then she's like, um, my shoe size is eight, um, eight and a half, actually. And then she told me the brand she's like, and I'm like, this is fucked up. So I'm going there. So I'm learning. If, unless I'm trying to establish a business connection, I just don't talk to people about what I do. Wow. Especially okay. around this town. Okay. So how are you gonna how are you gonna go moving forward and you know kind of ghost her? I only pick up packages at like midnight. Okay. Yeah, That's I just go to the midnight valid, roll. Valid solution. Absolutely. <laughs> so you you started drop shipping, right? Yes. That's the start of so many people. Well, no, I started with a clothing brand first. I didn't know and this. It was kind of like. I was drop shipping before I even knew what drop shipping was. And it's just kind of funny because I, I had seen ads about drop shipping and like I knew about all this stuff. But r what really got me inspired was I was I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I had just broken up with uh, my only girlfriend I, I've Classic. ever had. Literally the only girl that I ever loved. Um, I, I was just like, fuck that shit. Like now I got to really go hard because like I don't want to do school because that's what she wanted to do. And uh, like I was making apps at the time. I don't know if you knew this about me either. No. But, like I was developing apps. You're I was 16? Games. Yeah, I was 16, 16. at this gotcha. time. Yeah. Actually, I was 15, 15 and a half. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Because my birthday is like after the school year, May 31st. So I'm developing apps and like I'm not making any money off this, but I'm getting a lot of downloads and like a lot of notoriety because of it. So I came across this one YouTube video from this dude named Justin Esclona. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm, no. But he is also a, um, you know, he, he's from the Chicago suburbs. He started vlogging on YouTube. He blew up on YouTube. He had a series called Daily Docs and he moved to LA and he created a clothing company out of his fan base that he had. Like just, just like a clothing company based around something that he just loved, which is like, you know, partying, getting fucked up, doing all this fun shit. And it was called 1340. And like, I saw the way that he did it. And I'm like, you know what? I can probably do this too with, you know, the small following that I had, if I had like 500 followers yeah. or something. And then you know, using the organic Instagram growth tactics with following people and unfollowing them, liking their <laughs> stuff, doing all, I, I, I did, I did the whole nine yards with that. And I launched the clothing company in March of 2017 or 2016. I, I mix up the years, but yeah, just use a bunch of like growth hacking tools. And I, I launched it with just the Instagram, just like posting designs and like getting feedback on what people think. So in a way I did kind of do, do print on demand because I got samples made, one-off samples yep. with like, I don't know what website, like Teespring or something, got one-off samples made, took pictures of them, listed on the website and started getting orders. And then after two weeks, I would fulfill the orders using the money that I got. So like basically using the drop shipping method, print on demand. So wait, were you doing this <coughs> on your personal Instagram or was no, it? No, no, it was on the company, company Gotcha. Instagram. So people but are just buying it because they like the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are just That's buying because they like designs. And I was like strategically following people that follow these startup clothing brands. So they support like this. And this, this whole like streetwear come up thing was such a big thing in 2017, yeah. 2016. Like, I don't know if you knew about that. But oh yeah. Like it was big. Like everyone and their mom wanted to start a clothing brand. Yeah, I remember that. Because yeah. Supreme really Supreme. started taking off around we did, then. We did like limited drops and yeah. like kind of hyped it up. But like it was really just gilded clothing with basic screen prints. So uh, I probably made like $15,000 total. Um, profit or revenue? Uh, profit. Damn. Yeah. So and how, and what time time period? In eight months. Damn, that's in, a lot for a 15-year-old. Yeah, in high school, like 15 and a half turning 16. 
I turned 16. I run the brand up during the summer, like just, just kind of have fun, just enjoying myself, not making any crazy money. And I don't know what happened. It was like Black Friday of 2017, I think, like November 2017. And I, I was just like, I got I to gotta make some money, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I had the clothing brand up at this time. But I find out about dropshipping right before that because mm. and I don't know if you know Andrew McCarthy. Shout out yeah, to Andrew. Absolutely. Andrew's like one of my, he's literally like my first ever e-com friend. And we did like a collaboration um, with my clothing store and his bikini brand that he had. We did a free plus shipping t-shirt that I designed and like he promoted it on the Instagram and I promoted it on our Instagram as a collab. And we got a bunch of people to like tag, tag and repost and do all that stuff. And we were selling the t-shirt for free and then obviously $15 shipping. Right, you know, you of course. The, you know how the free push shipping works. Um, we did that and I had my first ever like $1,000 day like profit. Yeah. First ever $1,000 profit. There's day. nothing like that day. Nothing, nothing like that day. And I did that before I was drop shipping products. So that was a wow. cool thing. And after that, like it's just started to go slowly downhill. And I'm like, okay, I need to do something else. And he told me about drop shipping. And mind you, I had, I had already known about dropshipping. I've already seen like Ty Lopez's ads. I've seen everyone's like YouTube channel. Like I, I was very observant of the entire model, but I always found it super, super difficult to get into. And I was stuck in that um, analysis paralysis thing that a lot of beginners go through. And I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I missed the entire hoverboard wave. I missed yeah. the entire fidget spinner wave. Wait, what, what year is this that you're starting to... Get an interest in drop shipping. 2017, I think. Summer 2017. Was that was that when the fidget spinners came out? I yeah, that's so. exactly when I started yeah, too. Summer 2017. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I talked myself out of it. Yes, I talked myself out of it too because I was like, I can't manage school. I can't do this. Yeah. And like, I can't even process payments under my own name. So that was also one thing. Like, all of my drop shipping stores pretty much prior to me turning 18 were done under someone else's name, which is like. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> starting a dropship under eighteen. I know it's possible. Yeah, I've seen tons possible. of you guys do it, but yeah, a lot of your a lot of your uh, students are very successful under under eighteen, which yeah. is crazy. Shout out Aiden. This kid's <laughs> I think he just turned fourteen and he yeah. pulled in twenty three thousand in a month. Wow. Like a couple months ago. Fourteen. That's like that's like freshman year, eighth grade. Yeah. And much. it's so funny because he commented that on a YouTube video and people were commenting, Oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. People thought I was paying him to say it. And then he he like posted a screenshot and everything and proved it. And even I even I have my doubts. Yeah, yeah. Like fourteen. Yeah, fourteen year old is saying that, you're not gonna I mean it's hard to believe that, but yeah. That is fucking insane. So you got into drop shipping. Yeah. So, so how, what 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 brought you back into it? And by the way, I think there's a buzzing coming. Yeah. Slight buzz. You hear that? Is it good now? The buzz is fixed. Yeah, I don't hear any buzz anymore. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're good. We're All right, good. we're good. Back to business. <laughs> Back in business. What what brought you around to uh, drop shipping? Because what happened for me is I gave up drop shipping because I'm like, I don't want to waste my money on drop shipping when I'm about to move to LA to be an Uber driver. Yeah. And so what brought me back was I became an Uber driver and had the funds to go after it again. Okay. So you, so you got your startup funds from being an Uber driver in LA. Yeah. Okay. So because I was saving up all this money to move to LA and it's so ironic because the same product on the same Facebook page on the same website with the same design that I gave up on, I tested it. I only ran PPE. I got a couple sales and I kept scaling the PPE. I'm like, Fuck all these people telling me conversion ads, yeah. link clicks. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started losing a little money and I quit. And then that same one, three months later, 
that was supposed to be deleted by Shopify because when you I ended that account, yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. you end your account, yeah, they, they, it should be a month. They give yeah. you a month. To, this was three months. I opened up. Oh, it's still there. It's still there. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try link click to add to cart to conversion. All of this, I launched it and then I moved back here and on the way back, it, it took off. So it's weird how like my whole timeline would be different if I kept up with that yeah. and I scaled it as I moved there because I would have never became an Uber driver in LA. Who right. knows what would have happened? Right. So what about you? What what brought you back around to it? Yeah. So uh, I just I kept on falling into that that loop of like um, you know my clothing brand not making that much money. So I did one final drop like um, in I can't even remember like September maybe did mm -hmm. a final like back to school sale or whatever. Barely made any money on it, and I just decided to shut it down. I put I told the Instagram I'm like yeah we're we're done with this. It's been a great run. Thank you for your support. So then I started to pursue drop shipping full time. Wait, if you're making money, how come you? Well, it started. It started to really go downhill after oh. after that summer because I just started to just lose love with it. Yeah, like drop shipping was in the back of my mind. I'm like, there's a lot more money with this than yeah. there is with some like indie clothing brands. Yeah. So I start drop shipping in October of 2017, like exactly October. That's crazy. That's ex October 11th, 2017 <laughs> Dude, is when I, I launched could, that site. I could probably pull up one of the emails and check like when I first, be crazy. first got billed. I think it was like October, like that October 11th too. Oh like my not, God. not maybe not that exact <laughs> same day, but around that. Let's around pretend that it did. It Let's was. pretend it happened <laughs> the same day. But I still remember the first ever store I did. Uh, I can say the name of it. I don't care. It was called like Kai, Kai LA. Kyle or some shit. So, so it was like a mixture of Hawaii and also LA because I loved both places so much. And I just, I, I don't know, I didn't know how to come up with names. So uh, just called it that. And it was um, a phone case store and it was also a jewelry store. So it was like a cool, like tropical aesthetic brand because that's what my clothing brand was kind of like. I launched my first ever ad, which was an influencer ad on this page with like 900k followers, but like majority of them were botted. I had no, I like, I right. didn't, I didn't know like what was real and what wasn't. I paid like, I don't know, like 250 for that. But before I did that, I made the Shopify account with my debit card and I picked the yearly subscription with it. Oh my god! <laughs> so out of out of the out of the gate, I was three hundred dollars down because it's like yearly. I was like, okay, I'll save money by doing this. Keeps but you committed. Keeps you committed. Um, I do the first ad. I get two sales, but I'm overall not profitable on it. But still, like seeing these two sales come in out of nowhere, literally my first ever drop shipping sales. I was hooked already, even though I wasn't profitable. Wait, were you running ads? Uh, no Facebook ads. Where did they come from? Uh, influencer. One oh. influencer. One influencer page. It was like a theme page. Gotcha. Yeah. So I did that for, you know, for a little bit. Was very unprofitable with that first store. And I decided to just cut it. And I was like, okay, I got to find the next product. So at the time, I don't, I don't want to say the, like what the product is or whatever, but pretty much Andrew was selling the same product and he was selling it on Twitter. Now, Twitter, I mean, you, you know you know all about Twitter. Like, you've done viral tweets and stuff like that, too. But what we did was we had an ad network where they would place us on these influencer Twitters. And at the time, like, Twitter was Twitter was a shit. I mean, it still is, but not so much for dropshipping. Yeah. But it was a really good network that Andrew had access to, and he, he allowed me to have access to it as well because he was just nice, oh, very sick. abundant guy. Like, he's always looked out for me. 
and we sold the same exact product, same exact offer, and I was pulling like thousand dollar days within my first week Wait, of doing that. Store. He didn't care about he you using the same ad. He network. did not care even one bit. That's that's like as direct competition as you can get. That's literally, crazy, dude. It was literally direct competition. Like I even copied the product names too. <laughs> like he know he knows this, and he was fine with it. And I was like, dude, honestly, like I really appreciate that. And, you know, we, we ran the, that product up for pretty much all of Q4 of 2017. And I did about like $40,000 in Q4. I had a $10,000 day as well on Cyber Monday of 2017. Wow. So that was your first $10,000 day. That was my first ever $10,000 day. Yeah. That would have been about three months after your first $1,000 day, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much around, around that. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's scale up like that and that's just because the tweets went viral with yeah the, the the retweets go and like it was just cyber monday too so there was just a general influx of traffic and then so what happened with that product as you developed it, it, it died down i i didn't know how to brand it i didn't know how to do facebook ads i tried to learn about facebook ads but i had no idea and andrew like andrew and i would work together a lot of the times and like we'd bounce off ideas and like you know, in terms of like branding dropshipping stores, I know you like to do that too. We, we kind of did the same thing where we made like a cool name, cool logo, all that stuff, but we didn't actually private label the product because I had no idea how to do that. I wasn't able to, right. you know, I, 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 even though looking back at it, it is very easy to private label products now, but, you know, getting a logo put on the watch and maybe making a custom box would have been, you know, maybe that store could have made me a million dollars if I, if I really wanted it to, but I just had no idea how to do anything. Yep. I didn't know how to do Facebook ads. I didn't know how to do Google, Google ads. I didn't know how to do anything. So Andrew paid Dennis Hegstad. I don't know if you know him. No, no. Um, Dennis Hegstad, shout out Dennis. He has a cool Shopify app, which will not be plugging because he's not paying me. Oh. <laughs> so basically, Fez is saying, fuck you, Dennis. <laughs> fuck me. you if you're watching. <laughs> Pay me. <laughs> but um, he Andrew paid Dennis for Facebook ad consulting because he was really good at that. And you know, Andrew kind of learned his ways through it. He started to make money. And this is like short, sort of the second wave of my dropshipping career too. Cause then I learned Facebook ads on my own and like a little bit from Andrew, like he explained to me a little bit, but really the best way that I learned was watching YouTube videos and actually applying it after. Yeah. I didn't buy a single course. Same. I didn't pay anybody a single dollar for consulting. Yep. I extracted knowledge for free and applied it to my own things. So, exactly. and that really shows like if you really want it, you can get it. There's oh, really absolutely. no excuse. I didn't, I didn't take a course at all. Um, I didn't take a, even a Facebook ads course or anything. It's just, yeah. I learned, I learned, I learned and asked questions big right. time. Cause did you, did you have like a Facebook group that you asked questions in? You didn't have that. No, it was pure testing, pure testing, pure, you know, creative testing too. Cause my, my background wow. is more creative than, you know, business wise. So I really applied like creative strategies to drop shipping to kind of mask that I'm selling like a shit product. And also another product that I ran up um, was very similar to the first product that I did. But um, this is whenever Facebook started to come into play. And I was pulling like, I was pulling like $10,000 days consistently, but not really super profitable or anything. And, you know, throughout that entire time, keep in mind, again, I am like seven, six, 16, 17 years old. And I'm still processing under like my parents and stuff. And like, I would be getting Stripe accounts flagged. I would be getting my Shopify payments flagged. And I'm just running up so many different payment processors and everything. Cause everyone is just shutting me down. You're still doing some math homework on the St side. Dude. Oh my God. I would be drop shipping in class. Like I remember this one, this one memory very specifically. 
it was right after a math test in um, my junior year of school. And like I, I graduated school early and all that stuff. So like school was never really that that important in my life. I would be on in class, like editing my ads, like scaling things up. And I remember my math teacher came up to me and he was like, like, put your computer away. This is not the time to be doing this. I'm like, dude, I finished my test. I did my homework. I did all that. And he was like, no, like, why are you even doing this? You should be focusing on school because that's, what's really going to matter for you. Oh yeah. He's like, you know, this stuff is cool, but is it going to last you? And I'm like, yes, it's going to fucking last me. Have you seen that teacher since that day? You should go back in. I haven't talked to a single teacher from school and not even one of them has hit me up or anything at all. Like I I, honestly, like I was expecting to get some sort of attention after, you know, kind of like getting a lot of followers and a lot of, you know, I don't know, just like recognition for what I'm doing right now. But literally not one person has even hit me up. What do you do when someone from your, I'd say, pre-drop shipping or pre-e-commerce life yeah. hits you up and it's like hey like say someone from your high school hey man how have you been doing you haven't talked to him in three years what what do you how do you confront that especially in a situation where you were friends with this person but you guys yeah. just kind of just gradually disconnected and then now all of a sudden they want to hit you up to have some coffee yeah so it's not the same like yeah. I've grown as I've grown a lot as a person. I'm definitely not the same person I was three years ago, and I'm not the same person I was six months ago. Honestly, so definitely not. I've grown out of those people. Like if they hit me up, like sure, like I'll be nice sometimes. If if they did fuck with me, if they supported me, but if they ever had an ounce of doubt in me, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to take part in any handouts or anything like that at all. I, I went through that heavy, especially when I got the I-8. That's yeah. when the tension really started coming. And I that was two months before I met Jared. So yeah. I went out with Jared, and obviously he'd done way more than sales. Right. I mean, at the time, so he was in this longer. And I asked him that question. I'm like, what do you do when someone from, like, your high school or college hits you up that hasn't talked to you in years? Mm-hmm. Do you respond? He goes, not to a single one. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, because it's like I had this – at this place I bust for five years, six years, there was this uh, expo, no, cook. He'd always fuck with me, throw food at my face, like do weird shit. Damn. Like, yeah, crazy. Like just straight up bullying? Yeah, straight up bullying. Wow. I was like, fuck you or whatever. That's just kind of the vibe there. Guess what? I get a message from him. Hey, Scott. So, um, yeah, I'd just love to sit down with you. I, I'm actually I'm no longer a cook at that restaurant. I'm a, I'm a financial advisor, and I would love to just sit down with you, go over a game plan and all this. It's so funny how people will act friendly out of nowhere well, best of luck to those people but you can't like i mean you already know like we can't give off our energy and our time to people like that because most of the time they're gonna like even let's say we are the most kind people and we do offer them some sort of help because you know we might feel bad for them they're still not going to fucking apply it and what's yeah. going to happen is they're just going to keep on trying to leech off you and always just you know come to you for more knowledge more knowledge more knowledge and let's say they become successful like mo- nine times out of ten they're just going to say fuck you and just leave like never talk to you again type yeah shit. like i've had that happen to me too like i've yeah. learned the hard way yeah i was gonna say how do you protect yourself from new people that you don't even know like that because that's that's well, now the- now i don't connect with anyone unless they provide me some sort of direct value yeah otherwise you know you could just go screw yourself it's a weird situation we're in because so like i would say i'll go ahead and say this i think pretty much everyone in the world would want our type of life not in a, yeah. not in a cocky way yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's the fact that we don't have to work for anybody we work for ourselves and we, we hold creative control of what we do absolutely so like when someone sees that they instantly 
thinks you can when they find out that's why i was telling you at the beginning of this i don't like telling people anything, anything. about what i do yeah i i usually would just say like i'm nowadays i'm gonna say i work for the fbi yeah, so yeah. leave it like that can't talk about shit can't talk about it but like i've had a situation remember when i went to colorado yeah there was this one girl who saw us filming at a gas station on the way mm. crazy she was like um oh what are you guys doing we're filming a video where'd you grow up or whatever she was grew up 10 minutes away from me random mm. place in colorado and so she was like, hey, um, I'm coming to St. Louis in two weeks. We should totally hang out. I'm like, okay. And then her sister messages me and says, hey, uh, Scott, uh, something, something. And then she messages me and goes, hey, my sister actually owns a business in Clay, and she would love for you to call her and so she could ask you some questions. Here's her number. And this is the best part, man, because I like, we're, like you said, you went through it. You learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. I already went through all that. I already know. So I, I, hit, her, I hit her with this. I go, um, do you only want to hang out with me to ask business questions or to actually like hang out? And she's like, um, well, I just miss intellectual conversations so much because I'm surrounded by trust fund babies and they don't know. They, they like to party. And I go, okay, I'll agree to meet up with you, but you can't ask me one single drop shipping or marketing question. Oh, what are we supposed to talk about? Rainbows and sunshine. And I go, wow. if you think my intellect is limited to drop wow. shipping, then we should not meet at all. And then I just blocked her. It's Good. like, so those are the types of people that I'm getting in my inbox. Protect your energy. Friends from years. So I'm yeah. sure you've gone through many similar things. Yeah. Especially Honestly, being your age too. Yeah. Being, being a lot younger it is a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of annoying, but you know, it is, it is what it is. And honestly, like if I'm being, if I'm being real with you, like moving back home, like if I'm keeping it a, a buck with you, like Keep it I, I don't, I don't hang out with like, I don't hang out with a single person that I went to school with. And this is a good and a bad thing. Good because I'm protecting my energy. I'm not, you know, wasting my time on, you know, people that don't have the same vision as me and the same goal as me. That's why I loved being in LA. Cause I was constantly around yeah. like you guys and people that were just in the bag, like always trying to, you know, reach the next level. But in Chicago, I'm a lot more alone and I spend more time like in my office, just like working. And like, I do have a couple like really good business friends, shout out to Hamas and Kyle. But hey, um, yeah, like they're, they're probably like my only business slash like real life friends that I have there that I'm able to vibe with. And, you know, I don't, I don't care about the quantity of people. It really is the quality. And even when I was in school, to be fair, uh, a lot of people did want to be friends with me and they saw what I was doing like after I started to make a little bit of money. But my mindset was just like so closed off from these people just because I knew like I didn't really have a future of being friends with them. So I literally just like cut pretty much everyone off. And my friend group was literally like three people while, while in high school. And like I could have been popular. I could have been getting all the bitches. I could have <laughs> been doing all that. But I decided not to. And do I regret it? Maybe a little bit because I missed out on kind of a fun experience. And like, I've always been like super tense and super focused, like business wise. And that's a good thing if you want to make money, if you want to do that. But what I found now, especially living in LA, you have to enjoy yourself. You have to enjoy, you know, your blessings and the, the stuff that you've worked towards and just vibe. You know, yeah. Life is not all about being tense and, you know, working on your computer and answering Slack and talking on WeChat to your suppliers and you want to FaceTime. It's not all about that. Yeah. You know, I learned that the hard way now. Yeah. I think it's like weird because we're just unable to live like a normal life. Yeah. It's not possible. It's very strange. So back to the drop shipping. Back to the drop shipping. <laughs> so the, your second product. Second product. Goes well. Up. You ran, ran it up. 100, 120K in sales. And you know what's really funny about this? Fucking hilarious. I'm running it up and Mikey <laughs> sends me the ad on my Instagram. Like me and my, Mikey and I would talk like sometimes because we had a mutual friend 
And, you know, he just DMs me out of nowhere. He's like, hey, I know you own this store. Like, I, I saw your ads. And he sends me the ad and he just, like, talks about it and stuff. And, like, it was super weird <laughs> to start off. Like, Sounds like Mikey. Yeah. Mikey and I did not get off on, like, the right foot, but we didn't get off on the wrong foot either. Like, I knew what he was doing. Like, he was doing great. He had, like, you know, like $60,000 weekends and, like, crazy numbers. Like, he was crushing it. And then I think he saw that product and he started to run it up too. And I, I know, I know he did. And like, I don't have any, <laughs> any issues with that whatsoever, but it was just super funny that like him and I connected over like my biggest, like not my biggest winning product, but like the product that allowed me to, you know, get a lot more experience with dropshipping. Yeah. It was just super weird how we connected like that. So yeah, you didn't know like anything about branding or anything at the Nothing. time, but that set the platform for your third set, product, set the platform for my third product. And after this, I was a Facebook ads goat. I was yeah. a creative goat. I knew how to make websites. I knew how to do all that stuff. So I had a partner with that store. I don't really want to talk too much about that, but we had the we had that store running, got the product in. Um, you know, at the time, uh, I, I was kind of being mentored by George, George Blue. I don't know if you know who that oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. George yeah. George is like, you got to have George on the podcast. I'm down. I think you should. He's a really interesting person. Where does he live? Chicago. Fucking tell him drive down. I will. Um, I think he'll want to be on the podcast. But he was like kind of my only mentor besides Andrew. I wouldn't, I mean, Andrew was kind of a mentor for me, but he was more of a friend. But George was more of a mentor. And I found out through George. Uh, I found out George through Sebas actually, and I would watch. Oh, wow. I skipped out on an entire thing. I when I was when I was watching like a bunch of dropshipping videos and like doing all this stuff. Sebas was one of the people that like I loved watching. I Which like, video was it? Uh, it was this challenge, like zero zero to twenty yeah. k challenge. Yeah, his biggest videos. His right biggest there. videos. Like I would watch him. I'm like, dude, this guy has swag. He runs yeah. up the bag. He 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 he's, he knows what he's talking about. I'm like, dude, like I want to be friends with him. So I slide into his DMs. I'm like, yo, like if there's anything I can do for you, edit videos, do whatever. I just want to connect with you. And he was like, yeah, I actually want to get a video edited. Wow. So he sends me the video. I try to edit it, but my computer is like crashing. It's not like exporting the file, and I failed him. And I was like, dude, <laughs> honestly, here's the here's the pack. Download it, and then just like put it in between. Like we kind of built our relationship off that. And then, you know, as I started to progress with dropshipping, make more money, like we started to talk on more of a business level. And then we just grew as friends, like from, um, from that point. Oh, so, I never knew that. Yeah. Sebas is probably like my second oldest dropshipping friend. Wow. Yeah. And third oldest Mikey. No, I didn't really consider Mikey a friend back then. Mikey <laughs> became, Mikey really became a friend, honestly, like last May. Okay, I thought you were about to say, I would really consider Mikey a friend. <laughs> and then you're about to go for the next hour about how Mikey screwed you over this. Way. That'd be crazy. All, all up to Mikey. Just man. a huge bomb dropped on the podcast <laughs> I had no clue about. No, Mikey's the boy. Mikey's the boy. Um, but I got connected to George through Sebas because, like, Sebas made a video with George because he did like 9 million in like a year or something like that. Crazy Jeez. retarded numbers. I slide into George's DMs on the same like value proposition shit. I'm like, can I do anything for you? And at the time, like there weren't that many people that were young and doing it and they wanted to get connected with you and they have some sort of value to offer you. Like yeah. now it's a lot harder for people to slide into my DMs and provide me value just because I already have everything right. that I need. But um, the stage was a lot different like last year and this is last February. So I'm talking to George and then George invites me out to um, lunch at Fogo de Chao, um, this Brazilian steakhouse. Sounds and I good. Got, Sounds I got good. addicted to it, dude. I would be going there like every weekend. 
Was it the Brazilian steakhouse where you order it, or it's like all you can eat? They come through, they'd be slicing. Yeah, that's the best. It, and then the cheese balls, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, is that where you started liking those cheese balls? Yes. Yeah, I saw those at Whole Foods the other day. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, I remember seeing packs of these in the freezer all the time. Yeah, I, had, I had them stacked, <laughs> dude. I'd be making them at home. I had them last night, actually. <laughs> Classic. Classic. But yeah, I got connected to George. He showed me like the software and stuff that he was working on. Like he just, he, I don't know why he welcomed me with such open arms, but I think he just saw a lot of potential with me. And like before this, my um, third dropshipping store, this wasn't the partner one. This is just like one that I was doing on my own. Uh, it ran up big time. Like the first week that I had it live was Black Friday of 2018. I did like $100,000 in sales that Jesus. weekend alone with about $30,000 ad spend. So that that kind of caught his attention because i'd be posting black friday 2018 2018 gotcha yeah so that caught his attention and like he kind of you know he saw what i was doing he saw that i was young from chicago he wanted to connect with me so we go out he teaches me a little bit about the back end of his stuff and like how things are done and then he gives me some of his product and like i'm analyzing the branding of it and all this stuff i'm like wow i want to do something just like this so i take the product that i was running before I apply the same sort of branded strategies over the course of about two and a half months. And then I get the product private labeled. I start to do like very beautiful 3D rendered ads. This is something that's like pretty big with yeah. uh, Sweet Dreams now. It's like a lot of very beautiful, unique, creative content in, in an already saturated niche. Like there's hundreds and maybe thousands of people selling this product already, but how can I be different? And after seeing the branding stuff and after seeing like how that stuff is done, I'm like, okay, I, I want to do this now. So this was a very pivotal moment in my life because this is the moment I went from drop shipping to private labeling. And that switch yeah. alone, just like that made me who I am right now. Yeah. That's when you go from short term to long term. Yeah. Or I mean, it's still kind of short term because the product was just not able to be like coined as my own. But um, yeah, like still made a decent right. amount of money with well, it. Well, I guess in terms of vision, when you, yes. have, when you have a private label, the vision can go way further than a, yes. just a regular dropshipping yes, store. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what you said about the mentor thing is really good, and I can understand why he would, though, because a lot of these people, I'm sure you get it all the time, hey, bro, can you be my mentor? Hey, yeah. can you be my mentor, mentor, mentor? I actually have this book right here. By the way, this is the rarest book I own. Yeah. Dude, there's only one on Amazon right now for $90, but I asked really? my mentor the most impactful book uh, he's ever read it's this one right here and look this is why because I always wondered why why is my mentor fucking you know mentoring me and then he gave me this book dude that'll answer your question right there look at that in the book it goes try first show me you care enough to try and then I will help you there all these go. people they want mentorship they haven't tried obviously at that point you had like three four stores you're 17 yeah. when someone like Mr. Blue sees someone like you <laughs> He's like, I want to help this kid because this kid really wants to help himself. Yeah. And that's as simple as it comes down to mentors. And real mentors will not charge you yeah. money so, to mentor. Sebastian said it the best. And this is the reason I haven't gotten a mentorship either. He yeah. goes, the harder, no, the easier it is to get mentored by someone, the, the less, less you should want it. Exactly. And I, I think he was referencing a certain person who got, yeah. Who yeah, got yeah, exposed yeah. for all that. Yeah. I think that was the topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is, is what... I guess for this, for me and you, yeah, is this what you're working on right now? The dropshipping, well, not even the dropshipping, the e-commerce store that you had when we were living in LA. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No. Oh uh, no 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 no. Oh, this so was, this, this is different. Before that. So this eventually that, died off. This died off um, last June. 
June, June 2019. 20, June 2019. And did you launch that one before that or during that? Uh, the the one we had, the one I had when I was in LA, I launched that literally like a year ago around this time. A year ago around this time. Okay, so it was yeah. it was about a month after that product died. A couple yeah, months. Two, two, two to three months. Like I spent the entire summer just doing nothing besides learning uh, more time with George uh, at this point like I had, I had already absorbed pretty much all the stuff that he could teach me Wait, so is George in drop shipping or is he just in business in general uh, he was doing e-com and branding like he had a store called Lux mobile it was like the oh my god case. what yeah yeah It'll no be wonder he did nine million in a year yeah yeah yeah. He, those ads were everywhere yeah but he did that and he kind of quit e-com and he hopped into the software space and his first software just kind of failed because he spread himself too large, had too many team members and just kind of flopped it. Yeah. Um, I remember like he had an office and like fired all his employees one day and like literally the office was literally just to me and my boys. Like wow. that was it. Like we'd be pulling up every day, like late nights in the office. I still remember those nights, like whipping through downtown, just going fast as shit, pulling up to the office. Oh, that doesn't you know, sound vibing. like you. That doesn't <laughs> sound like you at all. It doesn't sound like <laughs> me. It is me. <laughs> you know it. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a very good time that summer. Like, honestly, I had a lot of fun that uh, yeah. summer because I moved, I moved out. I lived on my own because I was living with my parents the entire time. Wait, are you, are you 16 or 17 at uh, the time? At this time I'm, I'm 18. I you're, turn 18. You're 18 at the time? Yeah, I'm 18. At, I'm, I, I was 18 last summer. Wait, so when we were living together. I was 18. I just turned 19. Like, oh, okay. Ago. Wow. Jesus. My, it's crazy how 2019 was literally, yeah. dude, it's like the, the, what happened in 2020, it's like we went through a time warp. And we're in Literally, August. Uh, it doesn't, it, it honestly does not feel real. You said we almost, we haven't seen each other in almost six months. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the amount of time we were living together in LA. Yeah. Not yeah. even. We only lived Less together four, four, four and a half. Yeah, because we cut the, cut the time short a little bit. But that's crazy. Wow. Like that time in LA felt like a good amount of time. But looking back at it. I know, right? <laughs> It's, it's crazy. Like that. That's why I was saying when I was seeing Jordan snaps, it like sends me right back to pulling up, sometimes scraping the bottom of my <laughs> yeah. car on the stupid <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, and then trying to close the garage door one out of three times it would. And then you have to manually shut it down. <laughs> and then you have to manually shut it down. And then it's like, well, you can't go through Mikey's room right next in, in the in oh the garage door. God. So you got to open the slide door, go around the balcony. That door's locked. Got to call Mikey. Oh my God. What a, what a flawed floor plan. Oh man. Yeah. I guess when people see the house, they're like, damn, that's a sick house. Yeah, but the but design of it is not good. I would not want to live there for more than six months, to be honest. No, if I would. I would destroy that place and get it rebuilt. I remember specifically thinking it's like, imagine raising a family in this house. Oh my God. Chaos. 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 And no privacy. None. Unless you're in that bottom room where I was. Yeah. Yeah, those are some good times. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so I guess that this kind of leads into this because... This leads into LA. Yeah, you, you, you build this crazy, yep. crazy store, millions in revenue. Yeah. And you're just crushing it right crushing now. Crushing it, bro. Influencer it's marketing out the ass. Yeah. Telling Mark Zuckerberg, suck your dick. Yep. You know, you're you're showing him who's boss with the <laughs> ROAS. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> you decided to basically, am I missing anything? Is it just basically you running up this brand? Running up, running up this brand starts off very slowly. Um, August, all of August, like I was in the trenches, just working, shooting content, just really struggling. Like kind of, kind of, I want to talk a little bit about kind of how I feel right now later on, but it really feels 
pretty much the same as last year when I was first building it up because like I was struggling to get traction. It was like I had loose tires that, you know, they ran like crazy, but now they're just like loosened up and I just had to get the tire switch. But, you know, it just it just happened over the course of August through September ran up these Facebook ads, you know, Facebook was doing okay. And then I got shut down by Facebook. And then I, I just reached out to different avenues of marketing, influencer marketing. And one day I just kind of struck it very hard that day. And an um, influencer marketing and influencer nice. marketing. And I don't want to talk too much about it just cause like, you know, I've been advised to keep it yeah. uh, on the low, but you know, that day that certain thing happened, it completely changed the course of my life because I was not going to move to LA when I when I thought I would. Like, Wait, when did this thing happen? Uh, September, uh, last September. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, that was two months before we were in the house. I know, I know. So it happens. I'm in Cancun at the time, just like literally on vacation, not prepared at all for this moment, even though, you know, I, I just kind of had a gut feeling. And before, before I went to Cancun, I went to LA and I was with Luca. I was with Luca and I was at his office. I showed him the product. I showed him the site. He was like, dude, you're going to crush and make millions with this. And I was like, dude, honestly, like, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like I just had, I just had a little bit of doubt in myself. And he was like, dude, you've got yourself gold on your hands. Like, I hope you know that he tries it out. He's like, dude, these are great, great product. Not even a week later, I'm out of LA. Like I, I just went to LA for fun just cause I wanted to, you know, catch a vibe. Luca invited me to go there cause I was going to be doing Facebook ads for Jake Paul's. How'd you um, meet, how'd you like connect with him? Um, I followed Luca on Instagram, like probably like two years ago. Cause I saw Andrew followed him too. And like Andrew told me about him. I followed him. Luca never followed me back until like <laughs> recently, not, not recently, but like, you know, bit right, prior, right, right. prior to me meeting up with him followed me back. We started talking and he was like, yeah, dude, come through. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to have you a part of the team and like, see what we can do. And like, I really just wanted to be around him and be, be able to provide him some sort of value, even though like I had already ran it up for myself. I just really wanted to network more with mm. people like him. So I go to LA, show him that I'm about it, pull up to the office, um, get a little bit of work done, launch some ads, but the ads part of it just did not go that well. And I'm like, dude, like, honestly, like, I don't even want to do this. I just wanted to, you know, link up with you and like, you know, see, see what you're about and shit. And then we grew our friendship from there. And not even a week later, I go to, I go to Mexico and then my life literally just fucking, and in literally like Drake, I just flipped the switch. Like that's exactly how it happened. It's like an overnight type of success, but it was not, obviously it wasn't overnight yeah. to some people it might look like it, but there's two and a half years worth of work that goes into that. Right. So I'm glad you covered that because a lot of people outside looking in would just yeah. use that and be like, oh, okay. He got no. lucky. No. He got I, lucky. Oh, everyone said, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. No, bitch. I'm not lucky. Yeah. I put in two and a half years worth of my time thousands of dollars invested. I just made a couple right moves and then it ended up clicking. Ultimately you put in the work and most importantly, the risks. Oh yeah. People really underestimate the risk oh, involved yeah. in what we're doing. You know, like I dropped out of college. Yeah. I did everything, did all this, did the buster thing, worked tons hard, bought the, the only course I ever bought was Ty Lopez's social media marketing yeah, course. Which ended up being a very good thing for you. Exactly. It, just, it didn't teach me social media marketing. Yeah. I'll say it was very shitty on the actual <laughs> marketing side. It more taught how to how to sell yeah. your agency, but it didn't really teach you how to run it. How to run it. That was the, the only unfortunate thing. But after all that, you know, I tried drop shipping and then one day I think of the branding of one product drop shipping, yeah. do all this. I scale it. I, I'm in LA, drive an Uber, I drive back, and then all of a sudden I don't have to work for anybody. 
oh, you're so lucky. You don't uh, have to work for anybody. So much luck, dude. Scott, we're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just forget about all that shit. But I know what you mean. But yeah, speaking a little bit on school too, like I kind of skipped out on my school experience. So I hated school, basically like cheated on every single one of my tests to like, you know, my finals and all that stuff. And like, shout out to the homies that let me cheat on them. Like oh, yeah. I, I was just had my Apple watch. I would be taking pictures of tests, like writing down answers and like literally having it on my watch and like just like sneaking it in the test and stuff. And like I passed all my classes, um, basically like borderline failed it, but they allowed me to go. And my counselor let me graduate a year early. So and so the very important part of life too, because like I just did not want to go to school. Like I told my parents, I'm like, yeah, I hate this shit. Like I can't be doing school at all. And they didn't believe in me at first, but you know, over, you know, two to three months worth of convincing and like just showing them that like I can make money and I can sustain my own life. They were able to be convinced. And like my mom gave approval to my counselor oh, yeah. to let me graduate early. And I just took an extra class or whatever. And I was able to graduate early didn't even go to my graduation. I didn't even collect my diploma. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck the system. <laughs> but yeah, that's just, I just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm not I'm not a dropout. Like people are going to be like, oh, did you drop out of college? Did you drop out of high school? No, I didn't drop out. But it's a lot easier to say like, oh, yeah, I dropped out. But yeah, you know, I'm not going to explain to them the story of graduating early, taking extra classes. All yeah, that. Just keep it simple. Keep did, it simple. did Mikey drop out? Uh, no, my, I, Mikey. Uh, that's should I expose Mikey right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna it. expose Mikey. Mikey, you are not a dropout. You graduated school. I know you did. I know this for a fact. <laughs> you graduated high school, got your diploma. Your dad made you do it. I know for a fact your mom and dad would not let you drop out. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I so couldn't remember what he said on the podcast, but yeah. I thought he said he dropped out. Nah, nah, he didn't drop out. It's a lot easier to say you dropped out than to explain the entire backstory. Did he get a GED? Um, I think he might have. I, I I know he has okay. like he has his high school certification at least. But fuck that. Like, I consider GED dropout. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, but who knows? Who, who knows? knows? We barely. I I barely even went to classes. Like I would leave. I would literally go for like one period of the day and just leave, like with a doctor's note. Just dip. Yeah, man. When I went to college, two point GPA. <laughs> Like, just not concerned at all about what I'm doing. Scholar. And I'll tell you this. This is the best thing. Uh, and I, th I, knew, I knew when this happened, I'm going to think about this moment a lot in my future. I have a channel called College Campus Videos. You can look I've it up. Seen, I've seen Oh, you've seen it. Okay. I've seen a couple of videos. So my whole big ideology was what I didn't know yet. What Nelk did is exactly what I was trying to do. And I remember... Um, I got that first video out and it got like 3,000 views over the weekend from just people in Missouri. I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. Like people were recognizing me all the time because I yeah, busted yeah. my chin. Yeah. And I remember I was seeing this girl at the time. Uh, and <laughs> I remember I'm like, this is crazy because this is like actually what I want to do with my life. I love you. I've been doing this. And you know, if this keeps going well, maybe I won't even have to graduate. Maybe I can just do like yeah. go college to college exactly like the Nuck Boys did. Yeah. And she goes, well, Scott, you can't just you can't make a living off of YouTube. Like you still have to graduate. <laughs> and this is like right before people really started making yeah, a living yeah, off of yeah. YouTube. So it's so ironic to me to think back on that. It's like, I kind of do make a living off of YouTube now, even though I got yeah. like probably nine, nine revenue streams, but Bro. YouTube is like the central. Oh yeah. YouTube is, I love YouTube. Yeah. And people doubted it. At the you're like, it's like, I honestly didn't know that like your, your vision was to be a YouTuber before. And like, I see your videos now and like, you're so like, you're, you're literally like a perfect natural in front of the camera. And I must commend you for that. I appreciate it. Like I've seen, I've seen one time, like I was filming a video on the deck and like, you were also filming a video. I think it was your stock video. You were doing like the oh, intro yeah. or something. And I was like, just observing. I was like, damn, 
He's such a natural on camera. Oh, I remember that. Great. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys are right behind me. Yeah. Yeah, because my first video on YouTube, I just looked it up 13 years ago. Wow. I, I've, been no, on 12, 12. I've been on YouTube the same amount of time. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been on YouTube as an eight-year-old. Jesus. Yeah. Like Mikey. Yeah. Oh, bro, literally. that's so. It's so funny that, you know, kind of like all of us have been on YouTube for this long, but... Um, yeah, like I'd post like tech reviews, like iOS app reviews, unboxing videos. I was like a really short, chubby, cute kid. And like, I just had like a squealy little voice. Like my parents would be talking in the background and shit <laughs> and I had a video go viral out of nowhere. It was me unboxing a toy set of Delta and Southwest airplanes. <laughs> Wait, wh what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little die cast, like miniature model. Damn. I was just obsessed with airplanes. You could have been like that one kid. Who's making like 20 Ryan's million. toy reviews. Yeah. You could have toys review. <laughs> another life, <laughs> another life, the, the e-com aspect. Yeah. Growing up. But yeah, like I, I didn't really stay consistent with YouTube. I just kind of, that's, that's that. the name of the game with YouTube consistency oh, yeah. and content. That's yeah. it. And I had, most I had people fail on the consistency. Last, last month I posted like four videos was my most consistent month that I've had so far. And I made the most, like I made more money last month on YouTube than I did in my entire YouTube oh, career. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Like with, <laughs> with the niche we're in, in terms oh, of bro, YouTube, pays. I don't even think about it. And just on YouTube, I'm making like more than like the average, um, I would say the average high school graduate, not college yeah, graduate, yeah, but yeah, based yeah. on the numbers I saw. Yeah. I don't even think about like that just comes in Bro, through Google AdSense. That's just, crazy. And you're just doing these videos out of your love for yeah. doing them, you know, like it's a business for you now in a, in right. a sense, but it's still like something that you love. So we don't feel like it's work. No, no. And I hope it's one day kind of like Russ's TuneCore. Did, did you oh, see his post about that? I did. I did. I watched his like, I don't know if it was like a podcast or like some sort of an interview that he did, but crazy. Man, I remember in his song, he's like, Last June I was broke. This June I made a hundred. <laughs> yeah. And then in the in the stats on TuneCore you can see Facts. last June he's making like five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. That month in June he made half a million. Yeah. And I remember that month in June too because that's right when I discovered him. Yeah. And that was the first time I went to California and stayed there for the three months. The first song I heard was "What They Want" in L.A. Wow. And that's when we were living there. So that always sends me back to wow. those times. What did it feel like to hit your first million? <sighs> Man, seeing seeing that M. Yeah, Shopify dash. I can't. I can't even tell you. Like it was. It was great. I have. Was uh, it right after the event happened? No, it was like a month later. I was in LA still. Me, uh, I was trapping out the W in Beverly Hills, <laughs> just living, living bougie, living my life, yeah. making money. Just having were you with fun. Andrew at the time? No, 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 no. Okay, what what was that picture of you in the Lambo from then? No, I'm talking about the photo of you and Andrew in a blue Lamborghini. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. the photo of me and, and, and a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's in yeah. Chicago. That was in Chicago in no, March. Are you sure that was in Chicago? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Me and Andrew never linked up in LA. That's crazy. That hotel looks exactly like that Beverly Hills that Hotel, was, the montage. I know. That was the Waldorf Astoria wow. in Chicago. Was it built by like the same person, you think? Could have been. I could easily. It's I gorgeous. Thought, I thought forever. thought forever. Nah. Andrew's a low-key legend. Yeah. You know, there's certain legends. I talked about this with Luca. Luca's yeah. a low-key legend. People yeah. who are just, you you kind of only really know them and the caliber that they bring to this, like, yeah. this level, this environment, but they don't go out and portray it on, like, YouTube no. or anything. They're like, Phew. Yeah. Well, to an extent, Andrew kind of was trying to go for the guru thing by running ads to his profile, like, showing off his Shopify stats, like, yeah. posting on his st story and stuff, but... 
now to, an, to an extent, like you just grow out of it. You yeah. Know? Like I, I, I will never post a Shopify screenshot again, unless it's like people on my site or anything like that. So like you will never know how much money I'm making yeah. now, but like last year and like, you know, the year before that, I always wanted to flex it, but you know, to an extent we needed to do that. To I know gain yeah. the attention and get the people, but it's a balance. And that's, yeah. that was my, that's my tough thing. I sometimes have a, have like with like the balance It's because with so many people asking, like even anytime I even post a regular screenshot, mm-hmm. what's the profit market? What's the profit? What's the profit? It's like, it's so weird. It's like if every day you go into work and outside there is just like a protest of yeah. people saying, how much money did you make today? Wait, is that, is that before taxes or is that after taxes? You know? And so, what ads are you running? Yeah, exactly. It's like so many people are into your personal finance life. Yeah. That's why I stopped posting Can't. a while ago. It's just like, it's just like, Every time it causes an issue, I'll post like testimonials, but nowadays I'm focused more on just what fulfills me rather than yes. what makes me money. At the beginning, you kind of be focused on the money, yes. but when you find something that fulfills you and makes money, then golden you hit that, duel. You hit that. You hit that G spot. <laughs> hit the G spot real good and left my ring in it. <laughs> so the event happens. You hit a mill and you're yes. like, I'll go to LA. Yes. This is around and the me time. Me and Mikey are planning this out on FaceTime. Like, bro, exactly. like, I really want to move here. I see his stories. He's like living bougie as fuck. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. So we're talking. We're like, all right, find some houses. Find on Zillow. Our house. Can we, can we say the address? Fuck yeah. Fuck them. Yes. Fuck them. 1733 gang. Yeah. He shows so. me, he shows me 1733. And that's like the first house that I'm like, all right, this is fucking it. The pool is dope. The rooms are dope. Like everything about it just looked picture perfect but we had the house that pop smoke rest in peace pop yeah. smoke that that i don't know the beverly that's what one. i was pushing for hercules drive hercules, hercules. like he told me down to those two yeah he told me like he told me that like um him his friend and like you were probably gonna live together at hercules but i'm glad that fell through obviously but um, oh G- yeah G- yeah chino. yeah no i was gonna say jesus yeah. but G- jesus yeah it's chino right uh, yeah i think yeah. so yeah yeah so uh, we, we decide on 1733. I'm like, yeah, this is it. And then I don't even know how we all kind of assembled, but like I told Sebas, I'm like, bro, let's, let's do this. Like we've been talking about this forever. We're like, uh, Cali is the mission. Like we've been wanting to do this. So we plan it out. We do the group chat and then I, I go out to LA like two months or yeah, two months before we actually move in just cause like, I don't want to be in Chicago while I'm making all this money. And like, you know, I just want to live like a fun life. But looking back at it, I think that was a mistake because in those two months, certain things went down that, you know, if I didn't, you know, live there, it wouldn't have really happened. And I would have been able, been able to avoid those mistakes because it was very expensive living there. Oh, yeah. Living in the W, like paying 300, 400 a night. Like I was, I, I just didn't give a fuck. I was spending so much money on food. I was renting cars. I was, you know, living in nice hotels paying for uber xls and uber blacks but like it was a fun experience i'm uh, i don't i regret it and i don't regret it i regret it because it was a waste of money but i don't regret it because i just did it well so you were living in la two months before we moved in yeah i was in la all okay. of september and all of october gotcha so when i came september 28th yeah i to, was already there that was my first time ever uh, with a first class flight, by the way. Oh, I remember it's that. It's hard to go back after that, but oh, yeah. what's even crazier about that is on the so on this first class <laughs> flight, there's Wi Fi, and I recently bought this diamond chain <laughs> from this guy who said it was SI quality and ten pointers, and then I found out from a uh, some taking it to a diamond specialist, it was like eight pointers, six to eight pointers, and it was like I one the I threes. Oh 
So I open up, I, I message him, I'm like, hey, I'd like to return this. I got a good price. The, even the guy, the jeweler said, if you actually paid, I paid 5500 for it. He's like, mm -hmm. if you actually paid that because he thought I was lying, he's like, you still got a great deal because they yeah. appraised it like 14000 wow, okay. But still, it's like a deal's a deal, and I don't like being lied to. So I'm like, hey, I'd like to return this. Um, I took it to two different people. They said the exact same thing, mm -hmm. and then he ghosted me. So I sent him another <laughs> message, and I'm like, well, listen, because when I paid on PayPal, it's very specific, very specific on the details of this chain. Yeah. And so I knew I could use that to my advantage. And obviously he wasn't too well versed in this. Right. So I, uh, I opened up a PayPal case. I told him like, Hey, I talked to the representative. They expedited it because the situation, just send it back, upload the track and you'll have your money back. Mm. He thought he could just ignore this and it would go away. Dude, two weeks later, I'm sitting at first watch. I look at my phone. It's like, congratulations because the guy hasn't uh, responded. responded. You automatically win the case. So I just wow. got like $6,000 put in my account. And I got the chainsaw. I'm going to sell this fucker and get a huge profit <laughs> from this. But on this flight to LA, guys, this oh, guy starts messaging man. me. Not only he messaged me, but he sent his shooter after me too. Oh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> they started basically saying they were going to come and kill me if I didn't return it without saying it. Yeah. And so when I got there, I'm like, dude, I'm a little freaked out about this. This guy seems like he he really means business. And then Sebas was there. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, where's he from? And I'm like, Miami. We were, we were all together. Yeah. We, at, went, we went to uh, a sushi one, restaurant. Yeah. yeah we yeah, were yeah. sitting there. I'm like, look at this guy. And Sebas, because he's from Miami, yeah, sees him. And he, he goes, bro, I, I know that guy. I've talked with him. That, guy, that dude's like the sketchiest dude in Miami. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because like the guy, his profile picture, by the way, guys, was a huge stack of money and an Uzi. Oh, like this is the shooter's like profile picture. Man. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was my intro into <laughs> signing this house. Amazing. But we went and saw the house, rainy ass day. Oh man, gloomy as fuck. I'll never forget us all um, huddling under the little like deck because yeah, the yeah. guy was hella late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we showed it. Oh, we we fucked those that. floors up because they were all wet and stuff. Yep. The carpet. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was a crazy day because it was just so gloomy, raining, but it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. And right before that, me, Sebas, and Dressy was there too. We went to this like Beverly Hills diner, like restaurant, and we saw Lana Del Rey there too. Oh, that's right. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember that. Pulled up, pulled up to 1733. Yeah. And it was kind of like love at first sight with that view, but obviously I don't think we, th we, we thought it fully through. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I know I didn't. I was just starstruck. I'm like, dude, this is fucking gorgeous. But I didn't think about how we would be living there and actually walking through the house and, yep. you know, doing that because I was just so set on that first option. And, like, I guess we kind of all were. Mikey was so about it. Like, he really wanted to do it. And, you know, I guess we just kind of rushed it a little bit. Well, one um, of the biggest regrets especially that people listening to this can learn this, always test the Wi-Fi before you oh sign a house. Oh, my God. Three weeks with no Wi-Fi to start, and then after that, five megabytes a second for the rest of the time up there. Dude, that Wi-Fi was terrible for a house full of Wi-Fi money boys. Yeah, it's like... If <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's weird because if the Wi-Fi would have been better, I probably would have stayed through the whole lease. But when, when, the, when the corona started hitting... Mm -hmm. And I knew they're about to get quarantined at least. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's going to be hard to yeah, like can't run go anywhere to, yeah. to upload or do anything. Yeah. Either. It's going to be hard. Um, but yeah, we signed the house and we moved in a couple we months made, later. We made one mistake. It was signing that for six months. We should have done it for three months, seen how we oh, did yeah. it and then maybe extended. Oh it. yeah. And, and the funny thing is we had someone who didn't even live there negotiate the price. Remember that oh, Brian, dude, 
Yeah. Well, I guess he technically Brian, lived there yeah, for he a lived, bit. Yeah, he lived with us for a little bit. But, yeah. You know, with our our realtor and the house owner and like all these people, which is kind of a very weird. Yeah. All weird, in. Odd all in the bedroom. Yeah. Like that's where we're discussing the price. <laughs> Sitting on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Cr- I'll never forget pulling up though, because I think you pulled up this. We all pulled up the same, same day, time. right? November first. Uh, I mean, I was me and my, Mikey and I were there. Before that, I was in Hawaii for like 12 days. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because I don't think you were there when I first got there. No, I wasn't. And you came shortly after. I came after. And then it was me, Dressy. Like I picked up Sebas from the airport that day. And then we went to Takaya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we pulled up. I remember we were playing like this one Tory Lane song. It was Dimelo. I don't know if you've heard that no. song. Like that song is always like that's always very reminiscent of LA for me just cause like it was always that memory, but pulled up and it was just go time from there. Tory Lanes, rest in peace. <laughs> he's still alive. He's done for. <laughs> he's done for. He's done for. He's never <laughs> coming back from this. It's like crazy because someone did had, they, did they like, like, is it proven that he shot her in the foot? It's like, it's this whole culture of, they don't want to tell anyone for snitch culture, but snitch culture. Yeah. They don't want any snitch culture, but it's like, it's so obvious. Yeah, it's evident. She unfollowed him or whatever. And she kept talking. But never, how is he not going to go to fucking jail for the, shooting someone in the foot? So the theory, he hasn't posted any since that, anything that since that night, the yeah. theory is, is he's getting deported because he's Canadian. Maybe. He's going to go think, live with Splash Boy. Yeah, he's going to live with Splash Man. And his one bedroom. Splash Man. They're yeah. going to share They're going to share a bed. Yeah. Tori's going to be cooking up in the studio. Nav's going to stop by. Nav. But yeah, that that first day was very interesting. The first the first couple of weeks were too, especially just not having Wi-Fi in such a crazy house and just dealing with a lot most people I no one no one would, would really know this, but we didn't have our own Wi-Fi. We shared it with the house next to us, and that guy was, like, out of town, so they yeah. couldn't work on the Wi-Fi until he came home. Right. It was all janked up, but at least we had Sean Kingston below oh, yeah. us. Sean Kingston, the GOAT. It's weird to think about, like, we were talking about those months because it's, like, when I try to think of, like, stories, Yeah. it's hard to think of stories because it, it would seem like it just flashed by so quick. We had a lot of good times there. Like, the the bra- the guy trying to break, break in, in the first, first day. day. I remember I called the cops. All the helicopters yeah. showed up. 12 cops showed up. So many cops showed up. Bro, we were scared shitless, bro. Like, I remember, like, whenever you, you texted Sebas or you texted me. No, he me, called me. Or he, he called, called you, and you're like, yo, like, I think someone's breaking in. And then you just go ghost. You don't you don't answer the phone. You don't reply to text. I'm here speeding through the hills. I was on the cops. With, I was on the phone <laughs> with the cops, I too. was speeding through the hills talking to the cops. I'm like, dude, I hope Scott is okay. Like, first night, this is terrible. And me, Mikey, Dressy, Sebas were just all fucking scared shitless. But, you know, thankfully nothing nothing happened. It wasn't yeah. too much of a... And the crazy thing is I was hiding behind the pool with Camilla. <laughs> and then I heard the guy walk out onto the deck and he's talking on the phone. And I was like, holy shit, he's here. Yeah, I'm talking to the cops. He's here. He's fucking here right now. He's saying quick. <laughs> and then I look up. It's just Sebas and Dressy on the phone. Like, they're talking <laughs> oh, on the phone. Or maybe it was God. you. Maybe you and nah, Sebas. Nah, it was it was Sebas and Dressy. Gotcha. I remember they were like, yeah, we're going to go run into the house. And then Mikey and I were just like up the hill a little bit. Yeah. Ready to scoop them up if there was a shooter in the house. Oh, <laughs> man. Man, they are, it's like there's... It's, it's like blurry for me. Yeah. The whole thing's blurry because another thing we didn't really take into account moving in to LA at the time is we'd have to, s- most of the lease was through winter and yeah. the sun s- sets at like 420 every right. single day. Right. And so yeah. it was cold. The days were super short. It was pretty cold. Yeah. But at least we got to experience LA. And a lot of rain too. A lot of rain. We got a lot of rain. 
most rain I've seen in a while. Went some yeah. fucking intense rain, but at the end of the day, it was worth it. Yeah, because we got to experience LA before Corona. Who knows how long this is gonna last? That Dude, it's a different world out there now. Exactly. We at least we got it out of our systems. We got that done. Like now, I'm sure like you're living a nice, calm, comfortable life here. Same thing with me in in Chicago. But yeah, like I'm very thankful that we got to do it during that time and not like you know this year or something. Where do you see yourself moving? Um, to be completely honest with you, my family wants to move to like Laguna Beach area and like night like out of LA pretty much. I love California. It's an amazing state. Fuck the taxes there, though. Did you hear about the new taxes? I did. And I don't know fuckers, anymore. Any fuckers, but obviously there, there's loopholes and stuff. But you know, we won't, right. we won't get into any of that. But yeah, I see myself living in like Calabasas, Hidden Hills, gated community, living like a very chill life in a very beautiful open house with you know crazy crazy pool. I don't care about views or anything. I just want like a nice, comfortable life in California. Because there's so many positives about being there. And, you know, I don't even care about the networking or anything. Because, honestly, like, I barely networked with anyone out there. But, really, it's just the vibes of California that I just am super attracted yeah. to. I hate the cold in Chicago. Miami is always too humid. And there's hurricanes. And it's just not, like... There's nothing like nothing's, it. Nothing's like it. There's no yeah. Earth cafes either. Exactly. What am I going to do without Earth? They need to get on their game. They need. They oh, yeah. should expand worldwide. Oh yeah, they ha they're 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 global actually. Yeah, they're in Japan. Well, you know what? You know, did you hear about what's about to be global? What? So there's this company called Sweet Dreams, oh. and I was wondering if you knew anything about it because oh, I knew I remember <laughs> I remember the day when you first started seriously like taking the idea under because yeah. I remember that um, like you and Sebas were in your room and you were discussing it, and that's right yeah. when you're ordering the the sign. Yeah, sweet dreams yeah, 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 yeah. it was like that it took like a couple months or like a month or a two month. to come in yeah and so i want you to talk about sweet dreams because i'll never forget when you got that yeah. vinyl sign yeah yeah so this this brand right here honestly is is my everything it's my baby now and i always knew that i wanted to be in the cbd niche just because it's like blowing up super quickly it's becoming legalized pretty much like in all states, um, other countries are also expanding on it too. So I saw obviously a very big market there. And honestly, that's like the reason why I wanted to live in LA was just cause like West Coast is the coast for marijuana and for CBD and like all this stuff. And I thought I would be getting connected with the right people while being in LA. And, you know, I posted on my Instagram story, August of um, 2019, I was like, yo, does anyone have any connects in the CBD space? Guess who replied? Mikey replied. <laughs> Mikey replied. He got me connected with somebody, started talking to that somebody. And, you know, he helped me out a little bit, got me connected with people. But a lot of the times what I've experienced with, you know, a lot of people in L.A. Um, is they just flake like they're not they're not about it. They're cappers, big cappers, big flakers. Yeah, like, they they want to seem like they play the part when they really exactly, can't. Exactly. Just a bunch of con artists there. But anyways, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I moved to LA in pursuit of doing CBD and, you know, I learn a lot. I'm with a lot of very intelligent people that know about the space, but maybe they're not in it directly. So, you know, that was great. But while in the beginning days, I did not know anything. I did not know what I wanted to do. I didn't know about what I wanted the brand to be. But in October, like a month or two after, you know, kind of living there, 
that's whenever I came up for the idea of Sweet Dreams. And I was in Hawaii just trying to think of names. And obviously, like, the best ideas are born in Hawaii. Kanye West made one of his albums in Hawaii, too. That's right. Just locking in and, you know, catching those vibes. And I came up with a name. I don't remember the exact moment I came up with it, but I had it in my notes. I was like, Sweet Dreams CBD. The CBD focused on sleep. And the sleep industry was just super cool to me because I saw Casper with their branding and like these other companies yeah. that just killed it. Like the vibe was just there. I, I loved it. And I decided to kind of combine the two niches together and make something like this and make it very beautiful. Because what I had seen was, again, with you know dropshipping, like everyone makes the same thing and then they expect to be extremely successful. When in reality, yes, you can run up a little bit of money, but you're not going to be a real brand. You're not going to be someone that is you know, a a game changer. And all my life, like I've been trying to look for that one project that's going to set me apart from everyone else that I can be public about and one day maybe even have an exit with. And more than just that, I'll talk about this uh, a little bit later with the satisfaction part of doing this because it's not like transactional satisfaction. It's like seeing people use it and actually being happy with it, you know? So this brand right here is like a nine nine to 10 months worth of work being done, um, connected with a great branding agency. I'm not going to say anything about that, but connected with a great branding agency, learned a lot about the process of building up like a real baller company because there's only so much you can do on your own. So when you find someone else that, you know, shares that vision and is able to connect you with people that are able to creatively output what's in your head, it's amazing. So we went through like in October, I came up with the name Sweet Dreams and kind of like the the branding concept and what I wanted the actual like tincture to be like. Um, I worked with Luke actually, you know, Luke, the photographer. Yeah, Luke. I, th- I thought you were saying Luke at first. No, 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 no. So I worked with Luke to begin with and, um, you know, we drafted up some concept logos and, you know, boxes and stuff like that. I'll show you some pictures later, but um, it was really nothing w- close to what it is right now, but we kind of got the concept done back then. So yeah. we had that there, but again, I just stalled on it for literally like five months, four to four to five months. I just literally had the file, the AI file of the packaging and like all that stuff sitting in my computer just cause I didn't wow. know. I didn't know how, I didn't know where to go. I was just so scared. I was like, how do I find a supplier? How am I going to do the marketing? How am I going to make the brand? And how do you badass? keep it all legal? Because how do you keep it all legal? Because I mean, obviously, it's, it's like it's operating in a gray area right and, now. In in healthy, because that that yes. when whenever thinking of in my head like of making brands, what freaks yeah. me out is like ingestible, ingestible stuff because stuff. the the regulations that you yes. probably had to go through, especially with it being CBD on top yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you made it happen. I made it happen, and through a, through a lot of fucking bullshit. And you're only nineteen. Only 19. Only 19. That's worked, the craziest thing. Worked on this while being an 18-year-old, turned 19, and then launched the brand. Yeah, see, you're the you're a prime candidate for a lot of hate from the older people, oh, the dude, sour people. Ev- everybody in the CBD space is probably double or triple my age. Yeah. I haven't found a single CEO of one of these companies that is in their 20s. Like even the most, like one of the most popular brands, like I know the CEO, he's like 30, 34, 35 years old. So like age, I'm going to use my age to an advantage Big and like time. my, my knowledge in the space to an advantage. Like there's no e-com people that are launching like wellness and CBD and health brands. Sure. There are some people that are doing like great jobs. So with, you know, certain sort of brands that they're doing, like I know a couple people, but nobody is really doing something like this. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm very happy and, you know, very happy that I can inspire people 
to, to show them that you can transition from drop shipping to creating a real purposeful brand. And as honestly, you should, as you should, you should be purpose driven, not revenue driven. Before I was a hundred percent revenue driven. I didn't give a shit about the product. I was like, I'm collecting my bag at the end of the day and living my best life. But with this, the entire like situation has completely changed because I'm sitting on good cash. I don't care about money too much anymore. I really wanted to make a change in a space that I'm passionate about, which is the marijuana and the CBD field. And with Sweet Dreams, I think I'm able to really do that now. Yeah, this is such a sick design. Like, did you design this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sick. We conceptualized this all in the Soho house in West Hollywood. Classic. Classic. Over some uh, truffled Parmesan fries and um, some nice (laughs) drinks and everything. What's crazy about that is like people who haven't had CBD CBD before and try this. Yeah, they don't understand how far superior in taste this is. Oh yeah, and the other ones because I've had some real bad CBD oh, yeah. where it ta- you can taste like it tastes like liquid crunched leaves. Oh, well, yours is like it kind of tastes like um kind of tastes like warm tea. Yeah, exactly. Warm that's, blueberry that's, tea. That's kind of what I went for in this. Uh, in the new one that I I got you, um, the flavors actually significantly improved, so it tastes less like an actual plant and more like kind of like a soft, like, I don't even know how to explain it. You'll, you'll, you'll try it and you'll notice like an insane difference. And I also got you a little, all right, is it 500? Yeah, it's a 500. It's the same, same dosage, but, um, yeah, like the product you've tried it. It, oh, yeah. it works. Knocks you out. Knocks you out. Big time. It's a, it's a combination of like, you know, USDA, uh, approved, like it's our field that we have where we grow the hemp is in Wisconsin, so it's just north of um, Chicago. Found mm. a very good local That's supplier. Sick. Yeah, um, I actually haven't visited the farm yet, but we're gonna do that soon. They just don't want to do it during Corona and all right. that stuff. It just you know it puts other people at risk. But um, anyways, um, a lot of just Chicago based. We've got um, an FDA approved lab that we operate out of as well in Wisconsin. It's like. I know the process from going from the farm to the lab to getting bottled and doing all that stuff. And that's one thing that a lot of suppliers were so sketched about. They didn't want me to know where the plant was coming from, where it's being bottled or where this stuff is being done. And I'm just like super sussed out. I got some really good samples before I met this supplier. But after I met this person, like I knew we were just going to click instantly. They made the formula perfect to how I wanted it. And it actually works and knocks you out. Yeah, so I saw in your story, you said that there were, in the, the, the development of the everything about this, yeah. you said there were some major headaches that went down. Oh my. Which ones can you major cover? Major headaches. What was, the, what was the most major headache that you, or I guess roadblock that you hit? Yeah, the biggest roadblock. Let me, let me show you, let me show you guys <laughs> the biggest roadblock right now. So this right here, this cap. Yeah. Literally this one inch, maybe half an inch cap right here. This slowed down the production by two and a half months. Jeez. And that's because no supplier was able to make it in the in the color that I wanted just because like it's a nice iridescent finish and whenever you shine a light at it, it looks really cool. It's yeah. meant to be like a very Instagrammable product. And developing this was insane because rendering it and getting it conceptualized was you know very easy because it's just playing with colors but actually working with a supplier that is able to mimic what we create in a render and create it in real life was the biggest challenge like it was a pain in the ass not to mention the language barrier they didn't understand what iridescent meant yeah oh so so, so the the bottles developed in in yeah, china in china the gotcha, bottle was gotcha. made in china but we bring it to the lab and we fully sterilize it as yeah. well so there's no like 
germs or anything like that. But the cap alone took two and a half months. Jeez. It was just like eight different suppliers bailed on me. Like it, literally eight suppliers bailed on me. So now the supplier that makes the cap also makes the bottle. So That's there's safe. like, you know, no, no, like mismatch between the quality of the product and yeah the bottle alone took longer than anything else combined yeah that was the biggest headache and not to mention the slow shipping times right. the slow production times during coronavirus because i built this during the peak of corona like yeah. in march in april when like everything was like on lockdown like did you ever think be like oh i'll put this on the back burn and yeah. see what happens yeah but i you did you didn't I listen did. to that so i didn't listen to that and, wa and while i was building this up because i just wanted to generate a little bit more cash flow i launched another drop shipping store and made like a quarter million in just like two months of doing that just like full like like an atm, man, ATM. pulling it out exactly exactly cash machine that's what you can do when you've mastered it kind of how we uh, how we have yeah i was gonna say how do you find this type of material i've never seen yeah. it where the rainbow is like yeah, uniform yeah, yeah. Down. so that was also one big challenge is just kind of again like we got it rendered but getting it from render to an actual physical model is a whole different challenge in itself so again went through about three different suppliers to make this like carton box and this i guess wasn't really that hard of a thing because they've done this sort of printing before mm. so i guess it's just like a different type of texture that they put on it either like an iridescent or holographic material on there so, so that's funny so it seems like you had more issues with the packaging yeah. than you did the cbd oh, i absolutely. thought for sure it'd be the opposite with oh, how it's no. kind of new and wow nope the packaging <laughs> took longer than anything else it was worth it though that's definitely the best packaging i'm sure you hear that all the time everything and anything that could have went wrong with this brand went wrong on uh, even on the launch day of the company Oh yeah, the sh the your Everything. site crash. I mean, not, not, not site Shopify crash. I thought crashed. I thought it was a site crashing, but literally two minutes before the site was going to go live, the entirety of Cloudflare just shut down out of nowhere, and I'm just here on live. Like I documented it on my YouTube channel too. I was just talking. I like I, I got every single moment. I recorded all of it. I'm like, dude, like I need to be able to look back on this whenever you know one day I sell the brand for like a hundred million. That's the goal that I have. Um, and I just wanted to document it. And it was just so surreal seeing that it just shut down. The site would not load. I had everything planned out. I made sure that everything was perfect so that I don't have any issues at launch and ended up getting fucked and Shopify just shut down entirely. And it's still sold out the first day. And it's still day. sold out, yeah. Not the first day, it was like more so the, the first week, but yeah, it was it was great, amazing feedback, a lot of support from the boys, which I really appreciate more than anything. It's like, it's a completely different ball game whenever you're working for months, investing thousands of dollars into something that you really believe in. You bring the product out, people try it, they're in love with it. And then it just gives you like a different level of satisfaction that no dollar amount can give you. Yeah. Yeah. That's So have you released that video yet of you? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, people should, yeah, go check that out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I didn't know you released it. I'm going to yeah, have yeah, to yeah. check that out yeah, for sure. I, so I dropped, I dropped like two or three videos regarding this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so where do you see the future of it going? Like, do you, like, in terms of not only, like, growing the brand, but expanding the brand? Product line, yeah. yeah. So um, product line, I can say we're launching gummies in two months. Um, oh, maybe yeah. Maybe a little bit sooner than that. And we're doing a CBD-free version of it. So it's just going to be melatonin gummies to take on, like, Ollie and, like, a oh, bunch nice. of these other companies and make them, like, vegan and a lot more healthier for people to take. I know like a lot of these gummies have a lot of sugar and they make you very reliant on melatonin only. 
But the good thing about like mixing CBD and like other natural ingredients is that it reduces the reliance on using melatonin and stuff. So that's one thing that I've noticed that a lot sick. of people have with taking a CBD product. But gummies are next. Um, going to do teas down the line, like nighttime drinks. Um, are you going to bring in different flavors of this? Yeah, different flavors Hell of yeah. this as well. We're working on those right now. Um, again, it's just going to be annoying getting the packaging and all that yeah. stuff. But now we've got the basis for everything on lock. So new flavors for this. Um, gummies, teas, lotions, um, and then we're also doing an app. An app? Yep. Really? An app. Yep. What, is it going to track your sleep? Um, it's There's going to be a sleep logging part on there. Um, there's going to be meditation on there as well. Nice. Like guided meditation. Yeah. And then obviously uh, a part where it takes you onto the website to, to buy it. So it's going to be like an entire like brand experience. I don't want it to just be like you buy the product, you take it and you're done. Like I want right. to build a whole ecosystem and a whole community around it. That'd be awesome if you collab with Aura Ring. Can you Dude. imagine? Wow. You guys could run crush. that up. That was crushed. I know you, you, tracked, um, yeah. you tracked your sleep before and after. Yeah. That was crazy. I kept waking up because my apartment's a bit sunny. And then I tried Sweet Dreams, slept for like 11 hours. And I, people were messaging me like, bro, I don't know if I should get Sweet Dreams. Does it really make you sleep 11 hours each time? It's like, no, I was so behind on sleep for like two weeks that finally my body caught all the way up. Yeah, and that's that's what it's meant to do. It's not meant to, you know, like, like melatonin. Like a lot of people pop melatonin pills and just take it every single night because they become reliant on it. This is not that like you don't need to take it every night to go to sleep. Sure, you can take it every night. You're not going to really build a resistance to it because that's just how the uh, endocannabinoid system in your brain works. It doesn't really build too much of a tolerance if you don't abuse it. If you're taking yeah. the right dose every night, you're going to be fine. But if you're overdosing it and taking more, obviously your body's naturally going to build a reliance to it. But yeah, I was going to say, what would happen if someone just drank 500 milliliters of or 30, of 30, 30 milliliters. It's 500 milligrams. Oh, milligrams. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So if they took this entire bottle, um, I think the amount of melatonin in it would poison you. <laughs> yeah. Like you'd actually have to call like poison control. Um, but the, the actual <laughs> CBD in it wouldn't do anything. Right. Like it, it, obviously, you'd be very, very tired. But I do not recommend taking the entire bottle <laughs> like that's not yeah like how <laughs> steve would do it did like four thousand milligrams of thc i yeah. wonder what happened if you do like four thousand milligrams of cbd yeah be that's interesting to see that's just something that we have also in the works right now what a collab oh I've really got, i've got my product out to them and everything right now i'm excited to see that but, but again like I had to think of it strategically because that's not really the market that I'm trying to get. It is yeah. a premium product. It is made for people that have trouble sleeping. So I'm going to do that down the line once, you know, we have a lot more money to just fuck around with and just do these like bullshit campaigns where yes, they generate revenue, but it's not our target target market. I think to start off, I do want to build like that, that core audience of people that, you know, take marijuana products that take CBD and, you know, melatonin, like all this stuff, like really get that medical, um, sort of customer base to begin with, but I'm really open to anyone. I just wouldn't want like random college teens that are fucking full senders. Right. I mean, nothing against them. I They're the ones them. who would drink the whole bottle. Yes. Yes. That's how I'd end up running into legal issues, which I don't want to, I don't 100%. want to deal with. <laughs> Do you ever see yourself getting into the THC side of things? Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh yes. Big zoot. <laughs> Big zoot. <laughs> Big that's, zoot that's, on the sweet dreams pack. Yeah. You should, uh, <laughs> You should release like you know how the bazooka. Did I talk about the bazooka blunts. Yes. You should release big zoots. <laughs> <laughs> 
one day, one day soon, but you got to be 21 to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, That's would you thing. see it separate from Sweet Dreams? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it would be under yeah. the same branding, but um, obviously different selling points. Yeah. Call that, it would, that would be more so like the dispensary um, version of it. Yeah. Great Awake <laughs> Sweet Dreams. <laughs> yeah. Me and um, David were talking about that. It's like, um, I don't think I'd ever want to own a dispensary. But yeah. I would want to own a weed brand. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah, dude. It seems like people own dispensaries. It's kind of like I've seen a lot of sleaze balls own oh, dispensaries, yeah. you know. And uh, I think there's more honor in creating a brand from THC. Exactly. And owning like a, a dispensary isn't necessarily the most profitable way Not of doing it all. either. Because no. I'm sure, you know, like MedMen, like we've been there before. But they're not even profitable. They're in massive debt yeah. just because of how much they've spent on marketing, how big of a team they have, all the legal things that you have to pay for. Like That's cost, the big one. That's costs, the big one. It costs a lot of money to get a license to even grow or sell marijuana. Like, um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I was, I was watching, um, oh, I forget, it's up north. They're a huge weed capital. Mm -hmm. They said that because the whole, the whole theory is Big Pharma is going to come, uh, patent and patent the good strains, control the market, yeah. and then start releasing or whatever. So when the le the recreationally legal stuff started happening in California, all of a sudden on all the growers they raised the fee to I think a hundred thousand a month. It's crazy out of nowhere. Crazy knocked out like seventy percent of them. Only some survived, and I think we're gonna see because uh, the CEO of Marlboro mm -hmm. since twenty twelve. He says he has a factory completely full of Marlboro weed pre-rolls, ready to go. Wow. And he said he's just waiting for once recreation hits. He, he's not fucking around. He's already got like a billion joints ready to go. <laughs> he's going to outperform everybody. I don't know how good that weed will be sitting yeah, around for yeah, that exactly. long. I think he might have <laughs> timed it poorly. Yes. His weed's going to be stale as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. You know, some Marlboro's Marlboro. I'm right. sure there is not weed's not the only thing in there. Oh, yeah. He yeah. definitely got a little bit of tobacco in there to, to increase the high. Yeah. But, you know, they, they're like these big companies are definitely going to take over, but it's uh, there's still a lot of time in between now I, and I now. hope not. I really hope I not. I think it's going to be like three to four years. Yeah? Yeah, especially with, you know, the entire, like, corona stuff, like, pretty much all of 2021, I think, is just still going to be combating that and, you know, releasing the vaccine, getting people to take it. And That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Dude, I, I've, been, I've been laughing from the beginning of this theory of once we have a vaccine, let's open. Dude, I they took a poll, and I think 27% of people said they would take the vaccine. <laughs> Dude, you, it, it doesn't matter if there's a vaccine, obviously. Like, there has to be a better solution. Yeah. And, yeah. I feel like a lot of things went wrong with the way that we did our oh, man. lockdown. That, that, whole, that whole topic is so weird because once it became politicized, now it's like I don't even like talking about it too much because to even talk about it, it people want to find out what side are you on when the whole yeah. time it should be what do you believe in? You know, yeah. people, I don't know. It's, it's so one dimensional when it comes to talking about that, especially like using that term. I might have to have my editor mute the term yes. because yes, YouTube yes, is yes. so sensitive yeah, about that. Oh, they'll, they'll hear it and they'll demonetize it. And the whole thing. Maybe even take it off. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Can't even mention the C word. Yeah. What other plans do you have? Like, okay, this is, this is the question I was trying to think of. <laughs> yes. What 
are some industries or business practices, niches that you want to get into that you haven't uh, gotten into? I see you've been trading a bit. Uh, yeah, trading a little bit. Made a lot of money and lost yeah. pretty much so, all so of it. So I was, I was going to say, <laughs> I didn't want to say this when you you were talking about it, but biometrics or what was Bio it? America. Biomerica. Yeah. It was like, I knew, I kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Because I've seen this story play out so many times, yeah. but I didn't want to be. I've seen it. I've seen it happen too. But here's the thing with that stock. As soon as it gets that FDA approval, I think it's going to pop. Just oh, because, so you're still holding? Yeah, I'm still holding. I have $15,000 in it. But yeah. um, I made, like I was up about $4,000 profit with it before like the big sell-off came out. Came out. Yeah. I think they did like a reverse split of the stock or something like yeah. that. But either way, a lot of the people that I was told uh, to buy this, like to buy the stock from, like they, they're the ones that kind of made it aware for me. There's a lot of good due diligence on it. I don't, I wouldn't promote or talk about a stock if I don't really believe in it, but they've actually got like a pretty good thing on their hands. It's just waiting for the FDA to fully approve it. But if that's not going to happen, like I'll fucking sell it off. Right. And, and the thing with stocks is I learned this from my mentor recently. It's like um, the FEC yeah. If if they like, I don't know how you phrased it. Yeah. But if, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, said yeah. you you should buy this stock, yes, you can get fined fucked. heavily. Big fucked. Yeah. You, you can say I, I, I am buying this stock. I am stock. buying it. You, you don't have to follow me. Yeah. Like, I, I I I made sure not to say it to to buy it. Good, but like good. you know, if you want to join me, go for it. I'm not telling you to do it. But I feel like a lot of these people on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram, and TikTok now too. Yeah, they really just pump up these stocks by using right. those sort of like exactly. You know, they're in the gray area of doing the promotion for it. Yeah. So I guess to an extent, yes, you can pump it up by getting a lot of people to buy it. But that wasn't my intention. My intentions, because, um, you know, I just wanna I wanna help people right. make money. And it was literally right before Sweet Dreams launched too. So like anyone that made at least seventy dollars profit off of it can go and buy it yeah there you go so i strategically planned yeah. it <laughs> in that way I like that because <laughs> that same thing happened to me with nat do you, do you yeah you know yeah, about yeah. nat yeah that day i bought i put in 30 grand no and in five minutes i was up 3500 dollars in wow. five minutes and guess what what in those five minutes that was the peak of the stock to this Fuck. day dude so i think i ended up losing not too much. I think like yeah. four or five thousand before yeah. I took it out because I kept buying back in, going down. Dude, I was like, chasing, this is so stupid. We were chasing it because it was like the same thing. It's like people who are big in the stock said this, yes. and they said this is why, and it made sense. You know, they're making a hundred and uh, it's like seventy five thousand dollars per tanker yeah. per day. Yeah, and everyone was like, how could this lose? How could it lose? To this day, it's at, I, I bought in at like seven dollars and went up to 850 uh -huh. and then right now to this day it's like four dollars and sixty it never even at earnings everyone's saying recover. at earnings it's gonna happen it's gonna happen earnings come it's like a never flat line Not, nothing it didn't affect it at all i so. just i have such mixed opinions about stocks because it's always that coulda woulda shoulda sort of thing like yeah in february or march when everything literally reached its bottom for the past like 10 years or march whatever, 18th I don't know. I don't know about you, but I didn't buy in. I didn't buy in a Dude, crazy amount. Here's I fucking I like to this day. Like I'm just balls deep in regret for this. Like I really wish I could have put in like a hundred thousand dollars and just like kept it there. But I don't know why I didn't. Well, that was the thing. It's like um, I had a hundred and thirty-five thousand in the account ready to go. But <sighs> here's what happened. I started the transfer on Wednesday, uh -huh. and it takes three to five business days. So Wednesday go by. 
Um, it hasn't transferred yet. And then comes Monday, Fed announces 0% interest rates. Yeah. Crashes like a motherfucker. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Tuesday comes, it kind of has a little bit of a recovery. I remember yeah. driving yeah. home and looking at were my you phone. Waiting? Were you waiting for like the right moment? To I was in? waiting for my fucking money to transfer. Oh, the money dude. didn't transfer yet. The money finally oh. transferred on Wednesday after a big like 4% spike out of yeah, nowhere yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, the Fed announced a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, more injection. It's got to come back down, right? Yeah, it's got to yeah, come yeah. back down. So about a week later, I think April 1st, it came, it came down and I learned about uh, uh, um, cost per averaging. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not, because I was going to put all in once on that fucking Monday, but the money didn't transfer. So, you know, I got in at Facebook for like 10 grand at like 153. Yeah. I sold that at like 230. So that yeah. was good. But um, I do, I remember this too. I, you want to talk about regret, dude? This is, this is way, this is like, April, it was that day, actually, April 1st. Mm-hmm. I, I loaded up, um, Square was at $42. Oh. And I loaded up 30000 into it. And it was on the swipe up to place order. And you didn't do and it. And I was looking at it. And I'm like, I don't want to really, really, I don't know too much about Square. <laughs> I'm not going to make this. I closed out of it. To this day, I would have made, that would have made me $130,000 just from that one play. And so, uh, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. There was like a couple, there was like a good three or four weeks where I was real down about watching the stock rise and all I, I've been in Spain, but the S is silent Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) I missed every single time Tesla went up, it rallied. But for some reason I do an options play one day, I swing it from Thursday to Friday. I make $3,000 the first day. The next day, Tesla fucking tanks because Elon tweeted. Um, he didn't tweet the stock price was too high, but he tweeted something else, and the price, like the stocks went, the the stock price went down so much, and my options literally were valued at zero dollars. I lost eight thousand dollars in a day. Oh my just gosh! For fucking no reason, and it's mind all- you, one month later, Tesla fucking rallies pretty much double its price. Like I would have made at least like a quarter million off that eight thousand dollar investment it kind of fucked it it really makes me you think like do they know like do they read my mind (laughs) because from 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 march until june yeah like part of the reason i went to colorado is to clear my mind from just putting my head in all this stuff yeah yeah and so when i was in june the entire time i was doing puts all the way up so i was like (laughs) lose money lose money on puts because i'm like the market has to come down look nobody's working everything puts 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 so eventually i said fuck that i'm just gonna really learn um long a, a whole bunch of stuff yeah this is when i was very confused of what direction i was going with stocks and then i'm in colorado the s uh spy spy fucking hits yeah. 320 oh my. and then i see it drop down to 310 oh and i'm my. like you know what <laughs> this for the first time i'm going to do the opposite of what i think should happen Instead of buying puts, Pop like calls. it's obviously gonna go down because there was this like a failed vaccine or something. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy calls. It's like a three or four day call. It goes down to three hundred. The oh first time God. I ever buy, the first time I ever buy calls, and the first time I ever did the opposite of what I was yeah. supposed to do. But I don't know if you saw this. This is uh, this is my setup now. If it'll if it'll load, I got all of this up. Oh, and no, I shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Stock stock trading setup. Yeah, dude, that's a. F- $5,000 stock trading computer. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's what are you the, trading on? Thinkorswim? I'm doing E-Trade right now. E-Trade. Switch to, switch to think, Thinkorswim. No, TD Ameritrade. I, I am. It's, uh, it. 
Oh, it's not popping up. Uh, I am right now. Okay. <laughs> All that work for nothing. <laughs> I'm doing E-Trade, but E-Trade has some shitty-ass paper train because I'm just paper training right now. Okay. We got There's, like, a big thing in, in the works uh, yes. between me and my mentor. Oh, we got we to gotta talk. You're working on something, right? The project? Yeah. Yeah, talk after this. We can talk about that after. I remember it. you were mentioning it to me. I was hyped to hear Man, about it. My mentor was talking. Like, this guy's been trading for, like, 25 years, like, uh. I think I've told you how much he's like made. Maybe I haven't. No, I don't uh, even know who he I'll is. I'll tell you outside of the podcast, but yeah. I asked him his beginning trading. Like, when did he begin trading? Mm-hmm. And he's like 38. And he said he started, he opened his first brokerage account, account with Charles Schwab, mm-hmm. 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. It was like through his dad. Okay. Okay. So his dad allowed him to trade. And he said this was so before computers that the way he would monitor his stocks is by them running below on the screen. That was the wow. only way. And when he wanted to place a trade, he'd have to call up as a 12-year-old to, to his agent. Hi, can I buy a... Exactly. I, buy? I don't know what stocks existed in 38. But First nine months, he made $80,000. As a 12-year-old. 12-year-old. Wow. And, the, and then um, his when he went to cash out, his dad said, no, you can't. I'm keeping the money. Take this as a lesson and never trust anybody with your money. Wow. And guess what? He said he was thankful for that because he learned never trust anybody with your money like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, it just has, it ties into that. But I'm just really fortunate to have this guy guiding me through. Oh, yeah. Super nice guy. He spends hours of his time. It's it's exactly what happened with Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue. And it's a, he's the one who recommended that book. And when I saw that line, I understood yeah. why he spent so much time with me. Yeah. Because I'm, I met him a year and a half ago. Is he from here? He is originally from, oh, man. I'm, well, he lives in Vegas. Okay. But I've met him twice. <laughs> okay. Everything else has been texting, calling, voice memo. Um, but the, the crazy thing is I met him a year and a half ago. And it wasn't until I've been talking with him. It wasn't until four months ago that I learned that this guy is the most wealthy person I have ever met. And it's not even close. Oh, yeah. It is not even close. And oh, it's yeah. like, it's amazing because this guy is the most, I would, you would never expect it. Bro, most. same. I'll talk to you uh, after after this about like someone that I know that's worth like nine figures. Yeah. Nine figure shit. Yeah, this, like, is, this, is, this is the yeah, same thing. You wouldn't even know. You would never even know. When you get to that level... Nine figures, I think those people you gotta go ghost. Exactly. <laughs> you best believe when I'm selling this shit yeah. for hundred M's and I get that wire exactly I'm off of Instagram. <laughs> With how many people want to try to use us now? Can you oh imagine God. you just throw an extra couple hundred million in the table? <laughs> just a couple. Just a couple hundred million <laughs> and say you like want to extra flex like Dan Bilzerian type shit. Yeah. Dude, I I can't even imagine that level of stress. Dude. And just suspicion at just all times. Feel, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel safe. Yeah, because I mean that's that's the one thing. Because what happens whenever you, your your companies get acquired, obviously like there's headlines about yeah. it. Everyone knows about it. You like, know even I mean? like Joe Rogan's thing. Exactly. Like you see Spotify handing him a hundred M's for his show, you're gonna you're gonna want to know a little bit more about Mr. Rogan. Yeah. Like, it's clear. It's I heard a rumor was actually a little more. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. I probably downplayed it. It's definitely worth more. Yeah. And he said he was. People offered to buy percentage all the time. He just kept saying no, no, no. Spotify was perfect partner. They did something with Addison Ray too. Oh really? She's collecting the bags right now. Addison Ray. Addison Ray. Is that a singer? Shot you little baddie. What's the song? Um, I need a bad bitch. 
Addison Ray. I mean, a bad bleep, Addison Ray. Um, and she's a TikToker. Oh, she really? has like 44 million followers, hey, but she's hey, she's not a TikToker in uh, one month. <laughs> <laughs> one month, she won't be anymore. I don't know. I think I think I think I think TikTok will be fine. I don't know. The, the order has been signed. So I literally, know, but I, think, I think they're going to get acquired. Like they're not they're not going to give up 150 million users just like that. I don't know, man. And having their top creators who are also from here just like taken out. But the good thing about, you know, these these people is that they've diversified their following so like you know even if tiktok shuts down she has her instagram she has her youtube not all of them that's the thing not all of them because tiktok but the, but the top the top ones yeah oh yeah on they, they got instagram. nothing to worry about yeah. that was the one thing i noticed on tiktok it was the poorest performing social media in terms oh. of bleed out to other social medias oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'd see people with like hundreds and hundreds of followers on tiktok and then like a couple thousand on instagram it was yeah. very weird bizarre because that would not happen on youtube or twitter or facebook no. I guess YouTube. maybe Twitter. Twitter. Twitter is kind of like more of an Twitter. impersonal social yeah. media. Twitter, you go viral, you're not going to gain the most followers. Like even if you have a tweet that gets like a million likes, you'll probably gain like a thousand or two thousand followers. Let me ask you this: Have you ever thought of your own social media uh, app? Yeah, like have you ever like I'm, I always think about it all the time. It's like um, when I was younger in the app stage, like yeah. As a, 14 year old yeah i wanted to do social media because like i saw the the social network with you know uh the fake mark zuckerberg guy the actor who <laughs> i don't know who the actor was but that that movie oh, the social jesse network. whatever jesse smollett yeah whatever i saw i saw that and i was like yeah i want to do my own social network but like in reality like why would i do it when there's people more talented more funded and I just couldn't imagine. It's like, it seems like everything's been thought of. All yeah, the bases have been covered. And then every once in a while, you'll get a Vine. You'll get a TikTok. Yeah. But now it's just like, we're so far deep into this. It's oh, like, where does this go? Yeah, all the top players are there already. Like, dude, and, and you really see the damage social media is causing. And I think TikTok exposed that, oh, specifically yeah. in the younger generation. Oh, yeah. We were watching just a bunch of kids from the window. It's like they don't care about what's happening anymore. My biggest thing is, like, it's weird how okay, – so there's one thing that's weird, and then when you dissect it, it's very bizarre. So yeah. the weird thing is people see something beautiful, funny, interesting. The first thing is to do pull out their phone, right, pull like this. Yeah. But when you dissect that and you look at the motion of it, you see a beautiful sunset – First reaction is look down. Look down. Look, look down. away. Look away. Look away. From the it's like, whoa, when you look at it like that, it's like these people are being taught to look away from things they like, they enjoy, yeah. anything they, they find interesting whatsoever, th there's people looking away. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but that's the way it is. Especially right. with TikTok now, like the younger, younger generation, like you know, kids like five years younger than me, which yeah. isn't even like, it's pretty young, but like it's crazy. Like all these you know little girls and stuff just be like thirst trapping like twerking and yeah stuff. Like, i don't want to be on my for you page and i'm seeing a little girl in eighth grade that looks like she is a, a, an 18 year old somehow just like, like twerking like why and I, it's I don't want to see applauded this. too that's the yes. weird thing and they get they go viral literally i think it's like the the music culture with cardi b and oh man you know uh, megan Thee stallion like you know, more power to them. They're making a lot of money. They're doing a great job for themselves, but they're fucking the culture up. They're like, corrupting the minds. And to even you. say that you can get accused of being sexist or any, yeah. anything, it's like, I'm just looking at the facts. I, I saw that t song too. Yeah. 
Dude, and I, I heard the censored version first, and I'm like, you, this is, like, pretty bad. And then I heard yeah. the uncensored version, and I'm like, dude, man, I can't imagine, like, all the TikTokers doing a dance to this, all the eight-year-old girls, girls out there seeing the TikTok and then adding it to their playlist. Yes. The phone is the new parent. Yeah. Do, the they, do these artists not realize that they have a fan base of, like, 12-year-olds and, you know, literally under completely underage kids i'm sure they know of it and they oh. know how viral it's going to go for them but like they're literally corrupting youth and like my generation i think we were kind of we were kind of okay um sure there are a lot of thoughts and like all these people out here but like it's nowhere near what i think the no. the or this previous generation is going to be like yeah the, the sexualization of younger so, children so much it seems suspiciously prom prevalent and defended now they yes. keep it keep they keep pushing it and then when it starts to fall back it's defended pushing it fall back defended and then i don't know i think this is a uh, setup for very um uh uh destructive yeah. future when, when i see the kids when their parents don't want to parent them so they give them an ipad at dinner my kid's so. never going to have an iPad at dinner because I think, like, I'm a strong believer in I don't want to look at my phone. I think dinner, the table, it's, it's like, kind of sacred. Yeah. I'd it never should be that time you spend exactly. away from your phone. Like, even whenever you're driving your car, too, like, don't be, I mean, texting and driving, like, whatever. Like, if it's an emergency, sure, like, do it. And you got autopilot. And yeah, if you have autopilot, by all means, pull out your computer, start <laughs> working. That was a little bit that I did in the video. Yeah. I literally pulled out my computer, and I'm like, I'm going to make a Shopify store right now. But not nah, like, it's, it, it's, it's just such a toxic society where everyone just wants to be on their phone. It's social media addiction. And I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not addicted to social media because I am. I'm yeah. always on, you know, Instagram, always on Twitter. Like, it's just become a habit now. To just you know just refresh and see what other people are doing but i feel like once you get too caught up in that it leads you to have a lot of that toxicity in your mind with you know comparing your life to other people's lives and then it puts you further down and that's kind of what i fell into as well but then you just got to remind yourself that this is just the life that they're putting out there and like we do yeah. it, we do it too we post we flex we do our stuff but like 99 percent of people don't know our real life yeah yeah. Well, and I think what's kind of interestingly enough, kind of uh, phased out or social media kind of grew out of this, like 2014, I would say like 2012 to like 2018, mm -hmm. a little bit in 19 flexing was like, oh, that's so sick. Like, oh, yeah. oh look at all these Lambos. Look at all this. And now it kind <laughs> of in my switched. garage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ty <laughs> Lopez made a career off of that. Yes. And then it flip flopped. Now flexing kind of brings resentment yes. and people are, are more attracted to realness. You know what dark. I'm saying? It's dark mode. <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew that the light was going to run out at some point. <laughs> I guess Fez is in the dark right now. I might as well, we might as well wrap it up here. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty, I think we've covered pretty yeah. much all aspects we of went life. Two hours as that's a solid podcast right yeah. there. I hope the drive was worth it. Half, it was. That, that was about a third of your drive right there. It was. It honestly didn't feel like it was. This was, this was a really good conversation. Right. Always, always talking with you. Our nights in LA, like it's just always been a pleasure. Always, always very nice bouncing ideas back and forth. It's always cool when you just fall into like, uh, that's why I noticed with podcasts and recently kind of fall into like a haze where you just yeah. kind of lose track of time and you're yeah. just into the conversation. It's just like, going all right there right so um i guess if you have anything to promote i'll have 
Fez's social media is in the description below. It. It's like uh, here, I'll give you, I'll give you some light <laughs> for the <laughs> final me, scene. Give me some, give me some light, shine the light. All right, um, I'm Fez, 19 year old entrepreneur out of Chicago. Lived with Scott for a while. Um, you know, this is my brand, Sweet Dreams. You can go to mysweetdreams.co or .com buy this product if you want to go to sleep and support a company that is soon going to be worth a hundred million dollars scott is going to see it happen you're going to see it happen and you're going to be a part of it so check it out mysweetdreams.co or .com we have sezzle financing on there too so if you're a broke boy you can afford this for 17 dollars for like (laughs) four or five months so no excuses at all you can follow me on instagram at fez f-a-i-z and i also make youtube videos about e-com and like drop shipping and life and business in general kind of like vlog and stuff uh scott will link it in the description down below or you can just search up my name fez orsani f-a-i-z-w-a-r-s-a-n-i it's been a it's been a pleasure this has definitely been worth the drive absolutely i'm i'm super glad it did yes one closing thought i think it'd be funny if you became if you got into the phase clan you'd be phase fez i actually have very close ties at phase clan yeah i remember i've worked with them multiple times oh i remember i brought it up actually (laughs) i've uh, I've just been jokingly like when can i become phase fez they're like oh it'll happen soon were they calling you phase when they first met you um yeah Yeah, most people do i bet right that's what i thought too exactly but all right fez well thanks for coming to The Simplified Podcast. Extra loud, dude. Wow. Love it. Peace.